It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Yeah. I wanna ball like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing on the net, girls you shots for the team. I was in high school dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. Hey guys, welcome to the Locked On Wizards Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Troy Halliburton. Uh, and today I'm going to talk about the uh, Wizards' very big victory over the New York Knickerbockers. Uh, the Wizards won 121 to 115 in uh, Madison Square Garden. And I think that it is a, a case to be made that, you know, th- this is probably the Wizards' uh, second best win of the season uh, behind beating the Philadelphia 76ers uh, two weeks ago in D.C. at Capital One Arena. Uh, the reason why uh, this victory is so special for the Wizards is the fact that, I mean, they, they, they beat the Knicks uh, while – uh, I mean, the Wizards were essentially playing with with uh, a decimated uh, roster due to injuries and uh, suspension uh, of Isaiah Thomas. Uh, I'm going to talk on that a little bit later in the show. But, I mean, the, the, the Wizards were down uh, seven of their top eight scores for the season. Uh, they, they, they started Bradley Beal. But, uh, you know, Ish Smith is also a, a regular player within that rotation. But everybody else who was getting rotational minutes last night for the uh, Wizards has essentially been, you know, kind of had up and down seasons for the team this year. Guys who have not really been consistently uh, in the rotation. Some guys who, you know, were literally hopping off of planes uh, from all over the country to just to even get to New York to play in the game. Uh, we had Gary Payton the second who uh, had his season debut for the Wizards. Um, he 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 was a guy who was playing in the G League, and he got a call up uh, after having a you know nice showing in the the G League showcase out in Las Vegas. But uh, those Wizards fans might actually remember Gary Payton the uh, second. He actually played for the Wizards last season for a, a stint. And, you know, I think that in his second showing with the Wizards, I mean, he's proven to be a very versatile, uh, crafty, uh, 
NBA player. This is a guy who I think is deserving of NBA minutes. And so when you have um, the Wizards who are were absolutely decimated by injuries, Tommy Shepard made the phone call to Gary Payton II, and 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 Gary Payton was 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 on the on the uh, plane from Las Vegas to DC, took a physical, and and you know took took the train up to New York and joined with the team, and you know it it, it was a an advantage for him that he was with the team last year. So, you know, uh, under the same uh, head coach and pretty much running uh, a lot of the same stuff. They, they, they're running a, a completely new defensive system. But, uh, you know, I think that uh, uh, defense, with that being uh, Gary Payton's specialty, uh, the, the mitten, as uh, he is affectionately uh, nicknamed, uh, he came out and, and he looked absolutely amazing on the defensive end. I mean, it's 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 very uh, easy to say that, you know, he's looked like, in one game, he's looked like the, the best Wizards defender for the entirety of this season. I mean, he came out, he he, he, uh, he finished with the uh, with the very exclusive 10-5-5-5, uh, the quadruple five uh, club, which is which is actually very hard to do. That means that you're you're, you're uh, notching uh, at least uh, five in uh, almost every statistical category. So he finished with the game with ten points, eleven rebounds, six steals, six steals. That's that that's the number that really kind of jumps off the the screen. The, that six steal number. But he also had five assists too. So I mean, Gary, the, the Wizards honestly don't win that game. If it were not for Tommy Shepard making that phone call and bringing in Gary Payton the second, when you look also at uh, you know there are a couple other guys who you know have are consistently G League players playing for the Capital City Go Go, and even they came in and were able to contribute in big ways to help the team win. Uh, we we got to give a shout out to the guy uh, Big AP. Uh, Pesignix, uh, he he had honestly his probably his best game as a professional athlete. Um, he finished with fourteen points and and three rebounds and twenty minutes of play. Uh, he he went six of seven from the field. But more, more importantly is the fact that you know he's out there using his size to his advantage and creating mismatches on the other end of the floor. Uh, you know he, he he's he's playing on the defensive end. He he's uh, protecting the rim. Um, you know, I, I've been thoroughly impressed with uh, what the Wizards have been able to get out of Pesignix for this season. You know, I, I've talked about it on this pa- on this podcast, and I've also talked about it on Twitter in the past. But uh, AP was a guy that I, you know, when 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 uh, I saw him uh, initially working out at the Wizards training facility during the preseason. You know, th- this is not a guy who I thought was going to be able to contribute any meaningful minutes to uh, the the Wizards organization, at least for this season. You know, I thought that he would spend the majority of the year developing uh, with the Capital City Go Go. But, you know, injuries have uh, thrust him into a position, uh, you know, with Thomas Bryant being out and Mo Wagner being out for extended periods of time where, you know, the team has actually had to rely on Pesignix to to play uh, meaningful minutes in these games. And so with him following up that, uh, that, that, that game last week against the Chicago Bulls where, you know, he, he, he was on the court for, you know, the 20 plus minutes in that game. And he was on the court at the end of the game for the last play of the game. You know, I, I think that he's been 
um, following up with his uh, play and showing why the uh, Wizards coaching staff uh, has uh, is believing in him in order to play. Another guy who uh, got a chance to get some uh, real meaningful minutes uh, for the Wizards was Admiral Schofield, who made his first career start uh, in the NBA. Schofield started in place of Davis Bertans, who has a uh, quad strain, and apparently it's looking like that he's going to miss a little bit of time, at least a week, according to Scott Brooks. But uh, yeah, no, Admiral Schofield, he he played uh, 18 minutes. He only finished with three points, but he, he look, he's looking a little bit more comfortable uh, in his role as a uh, as a combo forward and even, you know, getting some minutes at the center position uh, and, and some small ball lineups uh, for the Washington Wizards. But really, when, when you talk about this game, I mean, you know, the, the Knicks who were also they, – they, it's not like the Knicks were at complete full strength. Uh, they were down uh, Marcus Morris and they were down uh, Todd Gibson. Uh, Marcus Morris, who has arguably been the Knicks' best player for the season, you know, it, it, it's very significant that he missed time. And so, you know, I'm looking at, uh, you know, the, the Knicks roster. I mean, they still they still got more talent than the Wizards as far as yesterday's rosters are concerned. So I think that it, it, it's definitely commendable for the Wizards to have come out there and and put up such a good showing with you know, the guys that they had on their roster. I mean, the Wizards were starting, you know, uh, the Wizards played, you know, uh, five or six guys who have, you know, at least played minutes with the Capital City Go-Go within the last year. So a guy like Garrison Matthews, who played 19 minutes yesterday, he's on a two-way contract. Troy Brown Jr., the team's first-round draft pick from last year, uh, he played a lot of games. He actually played more minutes with the Capital City Go-Go last season than he did with the uh, Washington Wizards. Uh, Gary Payton uh, the second, he played minutes with the Go-Go last year. Justin Robinson, who is actually a member of the Wizards, uh, but he plays the majority of his minutes with the Capital City Go-Go. Uh, Pesignix, uh, he, he, he started out, he's on a two-way contract. He's played with the Go-Go. Uh, Isaac Banga has played with the Capital City Go-Go. Admiral Schofield, uh, he's played with the Capital City Go-Go. So you're looking at the Wizards played 10 guys yesterday, and the only three guys who have not logged any minutes with the Capital City Go-Go were Bradley Bill, Ish Smith, and Jan Mahimi. Now, I'm going to take a quick break right here, and I'm gonna, on the other side of the break, I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk about uh, two in particular uh, Wizards who, who really led the team to victory, and that was shooting guard Bradley Bill and guard slash forward Troy Brown Jr. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
Yes, I'm going to come back and I wanted to talk about the guys who the really I would consider to be the MVPs of the game of the Wizards win versus the Knicks. And that I, I, I have to say the real MVP of the game was Troy Brown Jr., who, you know, quiet as is kept, has been uh, playing quite well in uh, his reserve role uh, coming off of the bench for the Wizards. And I think that when we look at why Troy Brown has been successful coming off of the bench, it has to do with the fact that, I mean, the, the guy plays better with the ball in his hand. I, I, I don't think that it's, uh, you know, just a, an assumption from a fan's perspective to say that, you know, Troy Brown plays better with the ball in his hands, plays better playing that point guard position at this point because, I mean, the evidence is kind of very clear and, you know, this is something that it's revealing itself throughout uh, Troy Brown's playing time. If you watch it, I mean, it's very evident. Like, this guy, he played uh, 32 minutes and he went 9 of 15 from the field, including 2 of 4 from three-point range. And he scored 26 points, but he also grabbed nine rebounds and got seven assists. So that, that I mean, that's just about as complete a game as one could possibly have. Scoring the ball, rebounding the ball, getting his teammates involved. Uh, the biggest thing that I love to see about Troy Brown's stat line is that when you look over in the turnover column, you see zero. There are no turnovers for Troy Brown Jr. And this is a guy who... You know, he, at the beginning of the season, when he first came back, you know, we, we have to remember that he had that calf strain uh, in the offseason workout, so he didn't go through training camp at all. He missed all of preseason. And so when he was kind of thrust out there at the beginning of the season, once he came back, you know, he didn't really look as comfortable playing within the Wizards' offense and or just playing on the floor with other NBA players. And so I think that he struggled just kind of getting a feel for the rhythm and the flow of the game. And so he would have a lot of senseless turnovers. And you could just see the frustration growing on Scott Brooks's face as Troy Brown would come into the game and, you know, just make just a couple of just very inexplicable you know, turnovers. But I think I've always contested that, you know, a part of the reason why Troy Brown was so uncomfortable early on in this season is because he needed to have played more regular NBA minutes last season. I honestly feel like Scott Brooks did him a disservice by playing him, you know, 740 minutes uh, is the amount of minutes that he played last season uh, as a first-round draft pick, 15th overall pick rookie. You know, that, that just didn't make any sense to me when you're looking at what the team is trying to build long-term in terms of player development from their draft picks. I mean, there's no way that uh, Troy Brown Jr. should have been on the bench watching guys like Ron Baker and Sam Decker play. But that's neither here nor there because, you know, Troy needed to be better uh, in his minutes to start out this season. And so I think once Scott Brooks realized that, you know, that, that, that Troy, that the moment might have been a little bit too uh, big for him with him just, you know, being thrust into a lot of meaningful uh, playing time minutes starting in the starting lineup next to Brad Bill and Isaiah Thomas. I think that Scott Brooks began to lose a little bit of faith, but not, not, not a little bit of faith, a lot of bit of faith in Troy Brown Jr. And that really, uh, 
you know, it it, it caused for, you know, Troy to kind of get buried at the end of the bench. And, you know, Scott Brooks, he just wouldn't look down. He wouldn't put him in the game. And so I think that there were plenty of opportunities that Troy Brown missed out on for, you know, uh, learning opportunities and, you know, actually getting a chance to play in close games uh, and, and learn how to, you know, close games. I think that he missed out on a couple of opportunities because Scott Brooks kind of lost confidence in him. So, you know, a guy like Troy Brown should have been playing last week in that game when the Wizards were blowing a 18-point fourth-quarter lead to the Chicago Bulls. Troy Brown Jr. should have been out there because he, he could have helped, and that could have been a learning moment for him, a teachable moment for him as a player because, honestly – when it comes to um, getting the Wizards within the flow of their offense, I mean, Troy Brown Jr. has looked uh, just as good, if not better, than anybody else on the Wizards roster. You know, Ish Smith, I think, has proven to be the team's best uh, point guard and creator uh, this season. But I think that Troy Brown Jr. has proven to be the, the team's second best creator this season. And, you know, it, I, it, I hate to have it come to this, that it took the Wizards having eight or nine injuries to other players for Scott to finally turn to Troy Brown Jr. at the point guard position. But that's essentially what happened. And there's no player who is benefiting more from the team being decimated by injuries than Troy Brown Jr. He actually gets to go out there and play and kind of do his thing. And, you know, Scott Brooks, he really doesn't have the luxury of yanking Troy Brown Jr. out of the game if he makes uh, any mistakes at all. So I I think that, you know, Troy being in that position to, you know, being able to go out there and play freely without having to worry about being yanked for making mistakes, you know, I think that that is uh, something that will go a long way in giving him the confidence to help him to continue to develop. And when you look at what he's been able to do uh, as far as, like, limiting his turnovers over the last, uh, you know, few weeks of the season since he's gone uh, back to the bench, I think that, you know, Troy Brown is looking like a guy uh, who I believe the Wizards can get a lot of decent production out of going forward, especially for the rest of his rookie contract. You know, I was uh, listening to the uh, John Hollinger uh, Nate Duncan podcast, which is uh, actually here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You guys should also, you know, definitely go download that and listen to uh, a guy like John Hollinger, who, you know, is, is an expert when it comes to uh, analyzing uh, players and player development and things of that nature. I mean, this is the guy who actually uh, uh, invented uh, PER. So, you know, th- th- this is this is a guy that, you know, des- is deserving of uh, of, 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 of credence and understanding of, you know, respect for what he's done to the game of basketball. But something that stood out to me when they had a conversation about younger players who are on rookie deals that maybe teams should uh, think about targeting. And one of the guys that John Hollinger mentioned was Troy Brown Jr. He liked Troy Brown because, I mean, the guy has great basketball instincts. He's a... I mean, his rebounding rate for his position and size is actually quite phenomenal. He's an excellent rebounder for a uh, shooting guard slash small forward. 
And, you know, th- this is a guy who just has good basketball feel. And I think the biggest question regarding uh, Troy Brown Jr. will be if he can develop his jump shot enough that teams will be able to respect him and, you know, have to actually guard him when he's away from the basket. You know, if he if he continues to shoot the ball the way that he's been shooting the ball, I think that, you know, teams will have no choice but to uh, respect him, and that will give him plenty of uh, space uh, and opportunity to go out and, and, and create and playmake at his, what I think he believes is his natural position of point guard. All right, I'm going to take another very quick break, and on the other side of that, I want to talk about Bradley Bill and why he seems to be struggling so much playing in the clutch. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, guys. So this is the part of the podcast where we're going to have to say some negative things uh, about the Wizards. But I believe in holding everyone accountable. And so it's it's not hating. It's just being critical of some things that I definitely notice and some things that, you know, the team should be working on and trying to improve. Uh, and one of those things is Bradley Bill as a closer for this team it's just not there right now. And I think that the the really the thing that is so frustrating about Bill as a closer is the fact that, I mean, he's really playing a, a, a form of hero ball that is just not really fun to watch at all. Like, I mean, the Wizards were up 17 points with four minutes left in that game versus the New York Knicks. And then Bradley Bill just decided he's going to come down. He starts taking – he starts – you know, it's like every Wizards possession at the end was a Bradley Bill brick, a Bradley Bill airball, Bradley Bill turnover, Bradley Bill coming down another brick, Bradley Bill coming down, uh, dribbling out the, uh, the, the the shot clock until it gets down to two seconds and then passing the ball and then ended up in a shot clock violation. Like, it's like it, – it seems as though – like, every decision that Bradley Bill made at the end of the game was the wrong decision. It was the wrong play. And, I mean, he almost single-handedly cost the Wizards that game at the end. Like I said, the team was up 17 points with four minutes to go and ended up only winning by six. And the Knicks actually had a, a, a few chances to, to tie the game up with only being down three uh, within the last minute of the game. And if it weren't for, you know, Troy Brown getting some clutch rebounds and hitting some clutch free throws, uh, uh, the, the Wizards uh, might have been uh, uh, looking at another situation similar to what happened uh, in D.C. versus the Chicago Bulls the other day. But, I mean, I, I just want to take a quick look at Bradley Bill's uh, clutch stats uh, for, the, for, in, for this season. And when you look at what the NBA defines as clutch stats, that's uh, th- these are 
in the last five minutes of games that are uh, within five points or less. And so the Wizards have been in 14 such games this season where they've actually had uh, uh, clutch uh, minutes. And so in those games, the Wizards are five and nine uh, with, with, you know, them, them losing the majority of those games. But Bradley Bill is out there. He's taking the majority of the shots. He's shooting 21.7% from the field in the clutch, 22% from uh, three-point line in the clutch. He's averaging uh, uh, half a turnover uh, uh, with only half an assist. So his, his assist-to-turnover ratio is directly even. Um, I mean, this guy, Brad, I think that, you know, when we talk about him being an all-star player and that next step between being an all-star and an all-NBA player, and that has to do with, you know, playing well in the clutch and putting your team in a position to win basketball games. And honestly, Bradley Bill has not played well at all in the clutch this season. And I think that there's an argument to be made that, you know, the Wizards are winning some of these games, uh, these close games in the clutch. They're winning some of these games despite uh, Bradley Bill uh, instead of because of Bradley Bill. And I think that that is very frustrating from uh, an overall standpoint when you look at why the Wizards are struggling so much this season. And, you know, I know that everybody wants to say that, you know, the Wizards have, you know, this this uh, this this broken down roster and it's a miracle that they've only won 29 games. I mean, they've only won nine games uh, this season of the 29 they played. But I, I'm looking at it from a different perspective because there have honestly, there've honestly been a lot of plays, a lot of situations left on the table for this Wizards team. And I think that Bradley Bill uh, is part of the reason why. I mean, there are games this season where, you know, Bradley Bill versus the, the Wizards versus uh, the Hornets and, the, and, that, and the, their second game versus the Hornets, uh, the Wizards versus the Timberwolves, the Wizards versus Memphis, the Wizards uh, versus uh, Detroit. Like, there have been a lot of games where, you know, Bradley Bill really has not played like the best player on the court. And I don't think that that's, you know, too much to ask for, for him to play like the best player on the court when they're playing against inferior competition. I think that this is one of the things that really separates Bill uh, from making that next step into the all-NBA realm and I also think that this, you know, kind of uh, puts an emphasis on how important John Wall was to the Wizards franchise uh, over the last uh, four or five seasons. You know, that Wall is the guy who it has been putting the Wizards in position to win a lot of these games that they've been winning. And so even when Wall, like I know that a lot of people want to talk about how Wall isn't that great of a scorer in the clutch. But what Wall does that was so important was he was a player who could have the ball in his hands and go out and make a play, if not for himself, then for somebody else. When we talk about uh, one of my favorite terms, uh, terms of phrases for basketball is a guy who can spoon feed his teammates buckets. And when they made that phrase, they were talking about John Wall because this is a guy who comes out and literally – puts his guys in position where all they got to do is lay the ball up. Like Marcin Gortat, like he he got so many layups from uh, John Wall pick and rolls 
And and John Wall literally just putting the ball in his hands in the court. All he got to do, he ain't got to jump. All he got to do is just lay the ball up. There are times when Wall used to come down and, and get the ball to Bill or, or get the ball to uh, Trevor Ariza or Paul Pierce or, you know, Garrett Temple or uh, uh, Rasul Butler, uh, rest in peace to him, uh, or Martel Webster. There have been countless guys, Jared Dudley. There have been countless guys who have hit big shots for the Wizards over the course of uh, their tenure as Wizards. And that's because John Wall was setting them up. So I think when we look at what Bill needs to work on as a closer, it's not so much of him trying to come out and score every point and trying to, you know, be the hero who comes out and saves the day. It's just sometimes it's just about coming out and making the winning basketball play. Just come out and, and, and try to get other people involved and, you know, actually just make the smart play. I think that, you know, th- this is something that now with, with, with the Wizards being, you know, th- I don't have my an expectation that the Wizards are going to make the playoffs this year. So if Bill needs to come out and use these games as simulation for, you know, uh, times in the future where it, it, it might mean a whole lot more, then I am more than willing to let him kind of work out the kinks of, you know, his uh, habits of closing. But right now, he's building up a lot of bad habits. And I think that, you know, it, it's something that that needs to be addressed. Uh, at least you, you'll you hear it be addressed from me. I can't speak on how uh, other people who watch Wizards games feel about um, the way that Bill has been playing. But I'm going to always keep it 100 and real uh, around these parts. But, um, you know, I had to get that out there as far as the one negative thing about the game. But other than that, I think that this was a great win by the Wizards. It was a true uh, organizational win, not just a team win, because it shows that, you know, the, the, the franchise is moving in the right direction. Uh, and it all starts at the top with uh, general manager Tommy Shepard who is able to go out and make these moves, uh, signing a Gary Payton II, uh, you know, signing a, a Pestinix up to the uh, two-way contract and bringing over uh, guys like Justin Robinson and Admiral Schofield and Garrison Matthews. If he can continue to go out and keep finding these diamond in the rough guys and we have uh, player development coming up from the G League through head coach Ryan Richmond, and I think that the, the state of monumental basketball is in very good hands. I, I want to thank you guys for uh, listening. And I'm going to – we're going to come back and we're going to pod some more uh, after Christmas. I want to wish you guys a happy holidays and a Merry Christmas. And uh, I definitely uh, appreciate uh, all of the love and support that uh, uh, you guys have shown on, on social media. Uh, uh, we're, we're looking to do some very big things for 2020. So definitely be on the lookout and, and thank you for all of the support.
out for the team I was in high school with dreams Now I'm almost looking clean Teaching games like a dean Coach all these girls to a ring I want a ball, I like the whistles Yeah, you know what I mean When I'm blue, I'm on the net Girl, she was shot for the team I was in high school with dreams Now I'm almost looking clean Teaching game like a dean Coach all these girls to a ring I've been plotting since I was a fetus Young PG legend like Gilbert Arenas Now I'm chilling back, giving advice I buy my girl shit, it don't matter the price They see that I'm taking, they try getting pants Label money, I just tell in advance I ain't cheating, I'm just trying to dance She just trying to have me up in the trance I'm in a strip like fuck it They just trying to make some buckets Love when I slap down my ones But it bounced like a ball when I struck it So if you ever see a real nigga like me Just let them live and just be how it be Go to the club with them two and you'll see that With a J, we be on the same team I want a baller like the Wizards Shots for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. I want a ball, I like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blue, I'm on the net. Girl, she was shot for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.